turning the microphone on, going to get right into it. I am doing notes on Effortless. This is a book by Greg McEwen. He, or he is the author of Essentialism. That is one of the first books. I look, I looked back at my old Audible purchases. I thought it was my very first book that, or very first audiobook that I purchased, but I think it was the third audiobook along with, I think it was a Genghis Khan book. Anyway, Essentialism was, I, I listened to that a few times and now I have something like, I, I looked at how many Audible books I have. I think I did hit the thousand bookmark at some point in the last few months. Then, yeah, so that was back before I turned Audible into this unfocused app by having a bunch of different things to jump around in. So if it was like my third book, I only had three books there, I would really re-listen to books. It was more likely that I'd actually finish books. But Essentialism, definitely a special place in my heart as far as books go. And Effortless, I was excited to see that Greg McEwen wrote another book, released another book. And what he has to say here... So Essentialism was really about getting your priorities straight. The thing I remember from that book was that there's this idea that or the history of the word priorities. Originally, it wasn't plural, and it was just the word priority. And if you have priorities, plural, too many priorities, then none of them are priority. And yeah, so what he says here, this is a quote from the book, essentialism, or effortless, he says, essentialism was about doing the right things. Effortless is about doing them in the right way. That's the end of the quote. And effortless is about identifying all the things in life that are harder than we need to make, that we're making harder than they need to be, and then figuring out ways to make them easier, or as he describes them, effortless. It's broken up into three parts. So the three parts are number one, effortless state, number two, effortless action, number three, effortless results. And so I'll, I'll just maybe talk for a couple minutes about each of these different sections. So number one, effortless state. And here he has invert, enjoy, release, rest, and notice. I'm not going to do like a full, just a summary of these different things, but just some things that this, that stuck out for me that I, I finished listening to it sometime last week and have been, I combined it kind of, I was also listening to soundtracks by John A. Great combination. And they also have, uh, I think it might be two podcast episodes together. I think each of them has a podcast. So one of them, interviews the other on it's like a home and away kind of thing anyway number one part one effortless state and these first two things what if this could be easy what if this could be fun those are two great questions and this just reminds me of tim ferris i've talked about this combination of questions before but tim ferris has this episode with chase jarvis where it was one of the early episodes and Tim Ferriss is just talking about starting the podcast. And he had this question, what would this look like if it were easy? And that's a really powerful question to just imagine that there is a world where something that you're working on, some project could be easy. And there's definitely a hard version of different things. And one of the key things in this book, Effortless, is that things that are valuable, there are things that are hard, there are things that are easy. And it can be very common to tie value to both of those things, that anything that's valuable must be hard. Anything that's easy must not be valuable. 
and that the harder version of something is going to be more valuable in the end. And that's not necessarily the case. And there are other ways to explain it, but I guess like one of them would be that someone that's an expert at some something like, let's say, and I don't know, a dumb example is just take sports again, that the best basketball player in the world will have an easy time if whoever his teammates are beating the best high school team in the United States. But then just because it was easy doesn't mean that the win is not a win. That's a stupid example, bad example. But I guess like going back to the Tim Ferriss thing, he has one of the most popular podcasts in the world, most one of the most popular business podcasts in the world. And he could have made it hard, but he chose to make it easy early on explicitly. He said, what will make this easy? What things are hard? So one hard thing is editing the podcast. The format he chose was long form interviews. That doesn't, that he does have an editor now and that does require cutting out different things and that kind of thing, but not nearly as much as something like the, something like Serial, which really popularized podcasts a few years ago that that takes high production values. Your each episode requires multiple interviews, getting a lot of tape, then editing that tape down from whatever, maybe like two hours into grabbing like the most important three minutes of that. And then creating this narrative of all of them. It's just a lot of effort, a lot. And it does create both, but then both outcomes are valuable in similar ways. If you're comparing audience size, financial, like ad revenue, that kind of thing, they're pretty similar, but the amount of effort that went into one was not needed for the other. And that was something that Tim Ferriss talks about in making his podcast. What would it look like if it were easy? Talk to interesting people, record the long form interview, chop out a few things, and then post that. And he's been able to do that week in and week out and continues to have one of the most popular podcasts in the world. That said, it's not like anyone could have done that. And part of the reason it was easy is because of his platform that he had built up over the years. And there's a different part in this book, Effortless. So there's Effortless Results. And a big thing in here is just the idea of leverage, creating leverage for yourself. And Tim Ferriss is an example of that where he's, if you take what he did, oh, I'm just going to talk to some world-class performers on my podcast. Great. But if someone else just said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let me just go contact some billionaires that I know. That's, it doesn't work like that because they don't, they haven't built up that platform, but he has that platform. So he has, he could use leverage that he's created for himself from past work. And that's kind of where you're looking at this effortless mindset. It's not that it's never difficult to do different things, but pausing to take a look at the places where you already have some built up leverage or figuring out ways to build up that leverage for the future to make things more effortless in the future. So yeah, effortless state. What if this could be easy? What if this could be fun? And I'll share another quote here from the book, Effortless. He says, perfectionism makes essential projects hard to start. Self-doubt makes them hard to finish. And trying to do too much too fast makes it hard to sustain momentum. That's from the introduction here. But here he's just yeah, introducing that idea of effortless 
And I'll move to the the next part. So effortless action. The different sections in here are define, start, simplify, progress, and pace. And the idea in here is that sometimes things are hard because we're taking too much action without getting the results or taking the wrong action, though, and that's trying to identify the things that are essential and giving the results. And something that he says here, one of the highlights I had is just this highlight about diminishing returns. So he says, economists call this law, the law of diminishing returns. After a certain point, each extra unit of input produces a decreasing rate of output. For example, if I write for two hours, I can produce two pages. But if I write for four hours, I can produce three pages. And this can, or this really does align, I think, to one of the things that I have been trying to do and something that I value is maybe over, like, I try to do this a little too much, but having, aiming for daily habits rather than weekly habits. And this was a big mind shift change for me in, say, the past decade where I guess this kind of goes to results and defining success. But I used to very much have the approach with fitness of what is the least amount that I can do for whatever my goal is. I I don't want to, I want to do as little as possible. And that can be, that that could sound like an effortless approach, but it was like, okay, I'm going to do three days a week, but it's not effortless. It's like super intense. And then there would be a high risk of getting injured and getting injured is the opposite of leverage or it's just negative leverage where getting injured just throws away all the work that you did uh, the year before and then makes it very difficult moving forward. And that's something that you do want to avoid. And that's where the kind of put, doing too much action, overexerting shows up. But yeah, back to that idea of daily action and building up those daily habits is that it can feel effortless because if you this is what I've been trying to do is have an easier workout every day. So that means lower intensity and it doesn't quite feel like completely effortless, but it does feel easy compared to a hard one hour intense workout that, and it goes back to that idea of getting the results in different ways. And if you have the daily habit, something that's not super intense, then that's going to be lower effort, feel closer to effortless which means that you'll be able to stick with it for longer. You'll reduce injury risk and be able to do it for the long haul. So here's another quote it says, past a certain point, more effort doesn't produce better performance. It sabotages our performance. Another part that I liked in this section of effortless action is define. And what you're defining is what done looks like. And this is, I learned this through the programming concept like that. I think it's like agile methodology, but really being able to say like, okay, this is what we're going to build. And this is how we know that this story, the user story is done. And it's, oh, you can go, it's just making it concrete to say that the user can actually log in and post a message, something like that. And that makes it done rather than uh, something vague where it's like, oh, the user is happy or something like that. 
And here he gives some examples for this idea of one minute to clarity that you have these vague goals, but you want to have a concrete goal and that can help you drive toward uh, the goal better. So it's the example he has. I'll just read a few of these. Lose weight. That's vague. What done looks like. I look down at a scale and see the number 177 staring back at me. Vague goal. Read more books. What done looks like on my digital book reader. It will say finished next to war and peace. And then last one, vague goal, complete podcast episode. What done looks like the podcast is recorded and the file is uploaded. And that's the end of the quote. But yeah, the idea here is that getting focused can like, you'll lose focus if you, if you don't have clear goals, if you think you have all of these things and you're not even sure if they're done or not, some of them might be done. And that takes energy too. If you have something that's actually done, but you are unsure if it is or not. And it just takes mental energy, taking up space in your head. And then the opposite of that is if you don't know where, if you, it's, it's like running a marathon, not knowing where the end is that maybe that's too, like, I guess that's not the best example because when you do run a marathon, like you can, like you can see the rope, you know, the finish line from, from the starting point, but you do know that there is an end distance there. So it'd be like running a race and not knowing if it's a 10K or a marathon. I think that's a better analogy. So then, yeah, that's the idea. Like taking the time to define what done looks like will help you. And that will help you pick the right actions to get to that clarified goal. The third section, effortless results. This is about, a lot of it is about creating leverage in different ways. So the sections here are learn, lift, automate, trust and prevent. So just a quick one. So prevent again, that is avoiding negative leverage, avoiding those terrible things that will set you back for months, set you back for years. They're the devastating outcomes that you want to avoid. It is the thing of, I guess, like when investing or something like that, or like take angel investments or where the upside is going to like your upside is maybe there's a 10 X outcome but the downside is, okay, this might get cut in half and that my investment might get cut in half. And this is, yeah, just that that's where what you don't want to do is, oh, I can double my money or have it cut in to one tenth of what it is. That that's Those are the kinds of situations that you want to avoid. And the things like back to the gym example, that the risk and reward of doing something like a max lift, absolute failure lift by myself with no spotter the upside maybe i don't know there's some pride if i hit some number and the downside would be a, a terrible injury that's the type of risk that you want to prevent but back to effortless results so another section is learn and i think that's an important thing with what i'm doing here i'm trying to shift uh, the notepad episodes to be more focused around one book and here in this quote from the book he talks about elon musk who says it is important to view knowledge as sort of a semantic tree. Make sure you understand the fundamental principles, the trunk and big branches before you get into the leaves details, or there is nothing for them to hang on to. And then another one, another quote here is just talking about the hedgehog and the fox. Actually, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I'll just read like the section header here. And I think it will make things clear about like what the section is about. It says learn the best of what others have already figured out. And that's the end of the title. 
But it is just this reminder that people have figured out all sorts of things. There's so many books on different things. And it just, again, like there was a podcast episode of My First Million where Andrew Wilkinson. No, no, no. It wasn't My First Million. It was The Daily Stoic. And Ryan Holiday is talking about this question of who would you have, who would you want to have at your dinner party? And this is like a pretty common, I think, like interview question of, and then it's like, oh, I would have like Tupac. He, that's not his answer. Tupac and Biggie, and then have a conversation with them, talking about their relationship, that sort of thing. But I think his example was, or his bad example, it, it, I mean, it was a good example, but he's saying like an answer he doesn't like to hear is something like, oh, Abraham Lincoln. And then you ask that person, okay, great, Abraham Lincoln, have you read any of, of the books he's written things like that and they say oh no and it's like wait you could you could learn all this stuff it's in books he's written a ton of stuff that's available to read and it's just this idea of like oh do you really want to learn from these people because you can and all of this knowledge is available in books and especially now from modern people people that are alive today that there are so many podcast interviews for different things. I mean, I take it for granted. I do I do have interests in fields where a lot of people do appear on podcasts. I think that's not necessarily the case for everyone. I don't know, like I'm I, I, I just don't know like what it's like for if your interest is in I don't know, I'm just like looking at a book like, oh if, if I'm interested in making comics or I don't know that there are a ton of comic artists that are doing interviews and things like that. There's plenty, though. I bet there's plenty. And there's so much knowledge in the world that you can follow your curiosity that there's going to be at least books and podcasts to listen to. And what my takeaway from this is that I'm already doing a bunch of this with like, I listen to a bunch of stuff. I read a bunch of stuff. But then I don't do as good a job of synthesizing it, of taking the notes on these different things, connecting the ideas together and sharing them. I'm doing an okay job, but I could definitely do a lot more. And that's something that I'm trying to improve, trying to take better notes on different things that I'm learning. And then also just being more deliberate about uh, the things that I'm picking. I'm in a bit of an echo chamber right now with like all this material on creator economy. I've gone a little deeper on Twitter and can just see that like, if I look at my feed, it's kind of the same stuff that a lot of lifelong learning, online learning, cohort-based courses kind of things. And there is a downside to this is that the kind of thing that it whispers, there's a, a great essay by Paul Graham about what cities whisper. And it's just this idea that New York, California, all these different cities have different, whisper different things to you when you live there that in New York, like, I think the idea is that money is power kind of thing, that your goal there is to to be rich. And it doesn't matter how, like, it, it's that trope that on the east coast if you inherit money that's just as good as earning it but on the west coast or in silicon valley the idea is power is power i forget exactly what it is but it's that people wouldn't be impressed by someone inheriting something and you have to to build it and yeah all these different uh, yeah these different cities whisper things and then back to the point that i was trying to make was that whatever your social feed your social feeds are whispering to you different platforms whisper different things to you. And I think that there can be a thing with too much of the whole like lifelong learning stuff. If, if you're, which I kind of am a bit of like a course junkie, it's this thing that's whispering like, Hey, 
you're not enough. You're not smart enough. So that's always the sales pitch is that like, oh, you're currently you're this. And then, I mean, that's a sales pitch for anything. Your current state is not enough. Buy this thing and then you'll be happy. And that, that can be what these, like doing too many of these courses is like, how much do I need to learn to, and it's like, it's not that it's like happiness either. It's just to be effective, to be productive at work, have a good career, that kind of thing. Like there's a time, and I guess it's the downside. There's like so much to learn out there that you can get in this mindset that you want to just learn everything and it can be very distracting, pull you away from things. It's not like I'm some kind of master storyteller or or anything like that, but I do notice now I have a hard time watching TV or like movies without thinking like, how can I do a dumb reference to this or not a dumb reference, but a reference to this on my dumb podcast or like in a video or something like that. Like, oh yeah, this, this was a great scene. I'll be able to mention this in one sentence later on. And it just makes for like not it's not a good outcome i think it's better for like a comedian that has like a great stand-up career and they have that kind of lens it was john stewart talks about this in sick in the head by judd apatow that's where he does all these interviews but yeah i think it's john stewart that says like he can't turn it off that he's always looking for the next bit and that can be not a good thing it's an effective thing for his career as a comedian but not always a good thing. And I think I've gotten away from talking about the book. So I'm going to try to bring you back to one more quote. Or actually, here we go. Uh, I'll just talk about this because I see it everywhere now. It's this idea of, uh, it kind of aligns to like looking at my information diet, things that I'm taking in, all this like whispering and that sort of thing here from Effortless. He says, use the Lindy effect. This law states that the life expectancy of a book is proportional to its current age. Meaning, the older a book is, the higher the likelihood that it will survive into the future. So prioritize reading books that have lasted a long time. In other words, read the classics and the ancients. That's the end of the quote. But you see this with a bunch of different things. There's This is in, I was just looking this Lindy effect up, in Antifragile. That's by Nassim Taleb. And he talks about, it's a little, yeah, he gives like some of the nuances of physical objects versus things that expire versus information and something like i mean a human being has does not have the lindy effect it's it's the opposite that the longer a human lives the closer they are to dying and that's yeah pretty much like anything that's organic or like yeah that's alive that's the case if it lives this long then it's closer to dying probably i I bet there's exceptions to this like coral reefs or something or like one of those things in in a children's book that says like oh you didn't know this thing was alive but it's made up of so and so and is three thousand years old but things like books that a book will be popular for like if there's a book right now that we read like there's books i read in high school that are still popular was it high school or like middle school? You know, high school, like 1984, Brave New World, that these are still relevant today, which means they'll probably still be relevant four years from now. Then other example, like a physical example is the pyramids where you, yeah, the, the pyramids have been around for a long time. It's more likely that they'll be around 3000 years from now compared to your house that you're in right now, or maybe you're driving now because commutes are coming back. But yeah, so the idea here is effortless results with the learning that 
taking a look at your info diet will be a big thing to create leverage for yourself to make things effortless that if you are, you, you can really like increase the quality of your thinking by increasing the quality of your input. And then that should hopefully increase the quality of your output as well. I guess I would say like very clearly I'm against that idea that TV is bad, that movies are bad. And these are the things that you should cut out. I, 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 this is the, I get kind of like triggered in some of the learning community stuff that those things are bad, that those are the first, like, yes, if you're watching five hours of TV a night and you're saying that you don't have time to, to write or like to read and learn things, then maybe, but there are people that say like, oh, I haven't read or watched, you know, I haven't watched TV or movies for years now and it's just like my mo my friends that i enjoy spending the most time around that are the most interesting to talk to watch a lot of movies watch a lot of tv play a lot of video games and all yeah a lot of people i admire as writers podcasters pretty much like everyone on at the ringer bill simmons seems to watch every movie i think he said that like a couple weeks ago like oh, i just watch every movie and yeah, that that's where I think that can be a thing too. Like making things effortless, that you can learn a lot from fiction, and fiction is more to more fun to read than a textbook. So these are different ways making things easy, and yeah, making things effortless. This was all right. I'm I'm gonna end end this now. It's getting a little too long, but check out Effortless. I really did enjoy this book quite a bit. This is by Greg McEwen and. Yeah, think about, this is always my my two favorite questions is one after the other. So one, what's the one thing that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And then take the answer to that question and run it through. What would this look like if it were easy? Or I could rephrase it as, what would this look like if it were effortless? Thanks for checking this out.